Welcome to Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. A 40-something genderqueer person shares their observations, life stories, and the adventures of their journey through transition and beyond. And now, here's your host, the creator of it all, Charlie Sabrina Miller. Hey, hello, hello. How's everybody doing? Welcome back to another great episode of Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I am the host, or the hostess, Charlie Sabrina Miller. And now let's listen to that band. Ah, yeah, great job on the downbeat. I love them. They get better every week. I swear they do. Either that or my hearing is going. I can't really tell. I'm getting older, so I don't know. (laughs) This week, our band is the Acetones. I don't know. It sounded like some some 50s doo-wop group or something. And I said, hey, that's kind of funny. And I'll put it down. And now here we are with the Acetones. So welcome back, everybody. How are you? Nice to see you. I'm glad you're here. This week, we're going to say, well, the topic of the show, the title of the show, Growing Older But Not Up. Or I could have used another year older and deeper in debt. And I'm going to leave that earwig there until later in the program. It's coming right up, so hang on to your hats and glasses. We'll get there real soon. We also have a number 11 of the 20 jokes so terrible they're actually funny. And then over on the B side, I'm going to talk a little bit about gardening, uh, normality, and uh, I'm going to share a song or two (laughs) then of course yes yes we have listener feedback this week that's one of the things i love doing is one of my favorite segments on the show so welcome aboard new listeners if this is your first episode that you happen to be hearing welcome aboard this crazy train ride of a stream of consciousness podcast that i call changes in latitudes a transgender experience All I can say is please listen all the way through, and hopefully all the random tidbits make sense. And if they don't, I'll tell you what, come back next week, and usually I re-explain myself, because that's usually what I do. And welcome back, long-time listeners, binge listeners, sporadic listeners, every other week listeners, however you listen, thank you, thank you so much for joining us again. Now... Before we get into the topic today, let's talk a little bit about last week's episode. Like I said, I always make amends the following week. Last week we had number 96, Hair and Makeup Revisited. I kind of revisited the information that I gave in episode 34 from way long ago. (laughs) Because we're on 97 now, folks. That's kind of crazy to think about. And um, one of the things I realized while I was editing, editing that episode together is that I totally left out what I do to my hair. I mean, the title of the episode is Hair and Makeup, and I totally left it out. Uh, And I guess that's because I don't really do much to it. I truly don't. I I wash it and and condition it like I shared with you, and I try to get something that's going to help my waves and curls. And I don't remember the brand name offhand right now, 
It's a purple bottle, and it's by Herbal Essence, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, I'm drawing a blank, and I'm so sorry about that. I didn't think about that as I was putting this together. But I use the shampoo and conditioner that's good for my hair, which I suggest for you folks. And then I usually just kind of let it dry. I brush it out, of course. I let it dry. And before it dries completely, I put in a, uh, a, a, a spritz, a spray that enhances the curls and the wave and the bounce and such like that. And so then I kind of scrunch it up and let it dry and, you know, kind of tease it as it is drying. And then I just kind of let it hang. Uh, sometimes because my hair is a little long, I pull it back into a loose ponytail just to keep it out of my face, like when I'm driving or something, you know, or it's windy or something. And, and that's all I really do because I don't know anything about hair. That's my weak spot. That's my kryptonite. And one of the things I really want to do, well, fairly soon, is is get a feminine cut because that's what I've always wanted. So I'll talk about that when that comes up. But that's one of the things on my, well, I don't want to say bucket list, but you know what I mean. It's on the, one of the things to do. So that's what I do with my hair. I also realized that I did not stress the importance of cleaning your face and removing your makeup at the end of the day before you go to bed. Do not sleep in makeup. <laughs> and I feel horrible that I didn't say this in that episode, but do not sleep in any makeup. Because, I mean, think about it. Okay, you've got this lotion on your face as a basic foundation to help protect your skin between, you know, your skin and this makeup that is covering your pores and essentially blocking them for the most part. And yes, our, our faces and our pores do what they do. And, and, you know, we can't help it. Sometimes it just works out and wonderfully. Sometimes we get blemishes uh, and pimples and clogged pores and blackheads and all those wonderful, lovely things that go with that. And the, the thing I can't stress enough is please do not sleep in your makeup. Do not leave it on for any longer than you have to. And that's because of what I just went through, the whole clogged pore thing. You're, you're, you're suffocating your face, in essence. So my suggestion is uh, get the makeup remover wipes. Those are really wonderful because they have everything in them that you're going to need to remove the makeup. It's got a moisturizer. It's got some sort of uh, a cleanser in there at the same time. I mean, it's a good investment. And the price is usually okay, especially if you go to the big bulk bargain stores you know, Sam's Club, Car uh, uh, Costco, uh, I don't know about Smart and Final, but I'm sure they might have them there, uh, you know, Target even, you know, where you can buy large quantities for a good price. They, it works. It's good stuff. Now, if you can't do that, if that's not in your wheelhouse, and I totally get it. If, I, if it isn't, I totally get it. Uh, try to do the next best thing from your local, you know, drugstore, grocery store, whatever. Get the makeup wipes. And again, if that's not in your wallet's wheelhouse, then, bearing all things else, okay, you could step to baby wipes. Get the non-alcohol, non-fragranced uh, baby wipes and use those. And you only need maybe one or two to remove what you have on. So, you know, you're not going through them constantly. And the same is true for the makeup wipes. All the makeup is supposed to come off your face with one wipe, both sides. And as long as you maneuver it around and all that wonderful stuff, you should be able to get all your makeup off with one wipe. I, if it's like a Saturday night and there's a little extra stuff going on, as I said in the show, um, then yeah, maybe two. But on average, I only use one. And then once you're done with that, then you can use your regular, your regular facial wash, whatever you use that's good for your skin type, and then put your nighttime moisturizing cream on and you're set to go. 
ta-da, makes it so easy. But again, if you cannot afford any sort of wipe to wipe away the makeup, remove the makeup that way, uh, use your normal facial wash. But if that doesn't work, you know, you notice that the next day or two days later, you got some pimples or blemishes or, you know, blackheads and all those wonderful things, as I said before. If that happens, then step up your your, uh, soap, your facial soap. You know, it depends on your skin type, oily, dry, in the middle. You know, everybody's a little bit different, so you know your own skin type. And get the right soap for the skin type. Just remember that you only get one set of skin, and you got to take care of it. So sunscreen and proper uh, washing and cleansing and things like that, moisturizing, etc. as I went through, the as I said in last episode, and that should do you good. And again, you can also find these things at the inexpensive stores, like the 99 cent stores and the dollar stores, as I mentioned as well, and Target. Keep an eye out for those sales. Utilize them to the best of your ability, and that's where you're going to save your pretty penny. You can find that and all past episodes at changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com. We're also over on iTunes and Stitcher. Just search out Changes in Latitudes Podcast or Changes in Latitudes, a transgender podcast. It should come up. Look for the logo, which has the name on it and a little sunset picture that I have there. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Changes in Latitudes Podcast. Email me, Changes in Latitudes Podcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at CIL Podcast. And while you're out there cruising the internet to Facebook and, you know, writing emails, checking out iTunes, Stitcher, go check out our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash Changes in Latitudes Podcast. If you're not familiar with Patreon, there's a wonderful introduction and, and, and the whole about section about Patreon and what it does and how it helps artists and independent artists and things like that, just like me. So go check it out. And consider becoming a patron of the arts, a patron of the show. And this episode is brought to us by our longtime wonderful patron, who I've mentioned so many times before, who I love and adore, Candace T. Candace, thank you. I, I, you know, I can't really thank you enough for all that you've done for me. I can only hope that my show gives back enough to you. That's all I can say. I love you. Thank you so much for being there. Thank you so much for being a patron. All right, enough of this housekeeping stuff. Let's get into the main topic. here we are main topic growing older but not up or as i said before another year older and deeper in debt and what the hell do i mean by that well uh two of my favorite songs are kind of wrapped up into those uh, two phrases right there if you can't guess it i'm uh, growing older but not up by jimmy buffett and um another year older and deeper in debt is a lyric from the song 16 tongues made famous by tennessee ernie ford and uh, I'll admit, later on, we are going to hear those songs because they mean that much to me. But uh, the reason that I titled it those two specific titles to songs is because I have one of those summer birthdays. So not to be specific, but right around the time that this episode is publishing is the time of my celebration of birth, we'll say. Okay, I don't want to give it out just because I just don't need to. All you need to know is that it's a summer birthday, and that's the really the main point. Um, oh, another thing I could have titled this uh, section or this episode is, You're only as old as the woman that you feel. 
or for those that, you know, go the other direction, you're only as old as the man you feel. And it doesn't quite work out as well, but you follow me. You know what I mean. And that's uh, uh, Groucho-esque from one of his famous quotes. I can't remember the exact movie right now, but, uh, you know, one of his famous things is, well, you're only old as the woman that you feel. Thank you, Groucho. Oh, you're welcome. It's glad to be here this time. All right, you're not going to fit into this segment. Can you go? All right, I'll leave. So, uh, as I said, I'm one of the lucky ones that has one of those summer birthdays. And the downside, well, there's an upside and a downside, just as there is with everything. Just as I say in, well, most of my shows, I haven't said it recently, but balance. Everybody's fine in that balance of things. There's a balance that happens when you have a birthday in the summertime that does not coincide with the school year. See, most people, most friends of mine always had birthdays during the school year. And I'm sure you folks listening know exactly what I'm talking about. They bring the cupcakes. They bring the cake. You know, they have a little, you know, hey, happy birthday to you. And everybody gets a piece of cake or ice cream or whatever. And everybody's happy. And usually the parent shows up with some gift or balloon or something or whatever. Everybody's experienced that birthday in class. I know we all have that common ground. So you know what I'm talking about. Well, as a summer birthday, I never got to experience that until I actually said something to my uh, parents and said, you know, I want a birthday at school. And they kind of looked at me like, but you're not in school at the time of your birthday. And I said, yeah, at the very end of the school year. And, and they kind of you know, thought about it and went, oh, okay. And so whatever happened as far as the communication between them and the school about what would be the best day, because, you know, it's ending the school year. You got things you're going to need to do. You got to clean out stuff. You got to throw stuff away. You got to make sure you take certain tests. You got to make sure certain assignments are in, blah, da, 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 da. We all know that song and dance. So however the communique happened between the parents and the school, it happened and it fell on like a Wednesday the week before we ended. So there was still a week left of school. And, um, which kind of, kind of ended up being a bad thing, but anyhow, so this Wednesday happens and I'm all excited. And so, you know, I bring cupcakes or whatever it was. I think my dad dropped off the cupcakes and, you know, stuck around for whatever few minutes and then left. Cause you know, that's what adults do. And so, so, uh, so we, you know, sharing the cupcakes and everything and then, you know, got the happy birthday sung to you. And so somebody, while everybody's chomping on cupcakes, so, you know, that sound is that, you know, multiplied across the, across the classroom, chomping on food. All these little mouths are going on. And everybody's wishing they had a glass of milk. But, you know, you never thought about bringing milk to the party. And neither did I. But anyhow, during that moment of almost semi-awkward silence, somebody, some kid, I don't even remember the person or the name or even the gender, to be quite honest, Somebody asked, so when's your birthday? And, you know, being the, you know, young, innocent kid at the time that I was, oh, and I said the date. And they said, well, that's not till next month. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but we're not in school next month. And I wanted a school party with you people. And I don't remember much else of the details because I think I kind of blocked it. But basically, they went on about, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why are you having your birthday now when your birthday's a month away? Why don't you just have a party and go to some place like, you know, Chuck E. Cheese, even though Chuck E. Cheese didn't exist at the time that I'm experiencing this. But pizza parlor, you know, or McDonald's or whatever, you know. Uh, the teacher finally chimes in, you know, after she's finished her bite of cupcake. 
and says, well, you know, this person doesn't get a chance to have a birthday party with their classmates. They only get to have these parties at these restaurants and parks and things like that, which was a wonderful thing because it told, the other kid kind of thought about it and went, oh, I always want parties at the park. I don't want it in the classroom, but I could have it anytime because my birthday's in, you know, March or April or even October or whatever, you know? So the kids started to think, and that was the coolest moment that I do remember. I don't remember the details how it happened, but I do remember the teacher intervening and saying, look, this person never gets this, so that's why we're doing it. So again, back to the communicate between parents and school, there must have been something said. And, you know, it was, it was done and it was fun, but I didn't want one after that because of that kid. He, he kind of ruined it, kind of ruined the magic. And so I'm like, all right, fine. I'll have it at whatever, you know, I'll do whatever it is with whatever it was at the time. And yeah, so I dated myself. Chuck E. Cheese did not exist at the time, uh, but I did have a birthday party at a place called Farrell's Ice Cream Parlor. I really don't know how big or popular they were. Uh, around the country in the late 70s, early 80s. But in Southern California, it was a very popular uh, ice cream parlor that had a genre of the 1930s. And the thing I liked about it is it reminded me of going into the ice cream parlor on Main Street in Disneyland, California. It had that 1930s soda soda jerker uh, feel to it. You know, the soda fountain, the place where everybody hung out sort of feel and it was really cool and they served all sorts of things they had desserts you know uh, up the wazoo but they also had dinners they had steaks and hamburgers and pizza and uh, i think they had a salad bar because salad bars were popular everywhere in the 70s and early 80s so you know every place had a salad bar even carl's jr put in a salad bar so anyhow i digress but one, that was one of my favorite places because it was it was it reminded me of Disneyland and I had I don't know like a you know, four six eight person party there in some back room sometime and got the biggest dessert that looked like a volcano you know lava fudge lava coming down the side of it and it was fun I remember bits and pieces of it I don't remember how old I was I want to say eight or nine but I don't remember specifically uh, and then I also remember having a lot of water parties uh, going to a water slide park. Or having, you know, kids over and playing in the water on the lawn because, you know, we weren't in a drought then. Uh, there were some certain pizza places that, you know, were having parties, but they weren't geared towards children. They weren't that Chuck E. Cheese, you know, animatronic uh, entertainment along with some, you know, video games and a carousel. You know, it wasn't that sort of place, but it was a similar sort of atmosphere, and then, you know, later it kind of morphed into what people now know as Chuck E. Cheese. Also, being in the location that I lived in, Southern California, I was one of those lucky people that got a couple, <laughs> literally two, Disneyland birthday parties. And what it consisted of was, you know, my, my parent, myself, and a friend. They paid for a friend's way so, you know, the two of us could go off and have the fun that we wanted, meet up for lunch, and then go off and ha again, and then meet up for dinner, and then hang out the rest of the evening, and then go home. That is essentially the concept of a Disneyland birthday party when you're in that pre-teen, early teen phase. So I remember having a couple of those, and that was fun. I enjoyed that because it was really one of the first times I could leave the parental units, <laughs> as, as they can be so called, you know, um, 
behind and they could go do what they wanted to do and and myself and my friend could do, go do what we wanted to do so it was a little sense of independence wow we're we're cruising around this place called disneyland all by ourselves look at us we're big men big women on the totem pole look at us you know and we're like 10 11 12 13 14 maybe i'm trying to remember which birthdays you know i do not remember but it was, it was definitely before 14 so, so I did, you know, only because of location, I got some of those. And I'm sure if people that live in Florida, close to Disney World, get the same sort of thing. Uh, there was one time in my late teens that I, I myself arranged a birthday party to go to Universal Studios Hollywood. Because, again, living in Southern California, that was relatively close to go to. And it was a fun thing. I think there was like four, five, six of us, if I remember correctly. A, a big enough but a small enough group. And we went on and experienced the day that you can have at Universal Studios back in the early mid-80s. And I'm sure if you live near some other, you know, popular amusement park, some sort of Six Flags amusement park, because I know those are across the country and there's other places as well that you would, you know, hey, there's a birthday party sort of thing. So, you know, it's, it's just location, location, location. Anyhow, uh, so I, I was lucky enough to have that sort of birthday party because my birthday's in the middle of summer and I live in, I live in Southern California. Now, what's the whole thing with growing older but not up? Well, it's essentially keeping the child inside of you alive uh, not letting it get bogged down by all the negative crap that happens in the world. All the negative stuff that we see every day on the news when we turn it on television. Every day on Facebook because, you know, news feeds are there as well. Just looking at the internet in general, you see these news articles that come up. I mean, it's right there in front of us. You know, listening to the radio, you hear commercials or you know, news, you know, breaking news. It's just part of the culture, you know, trying to stay on top of things. Well, I, ha I have the philosophy that if you do that too much, it, it takes its toll on you. That negative energy, that negative talk about, oh, something bad happened to somebody. Here's another bad thing happening. And, oh, be careful. If you use something, it could be bad. You know, all that negative stuff that happens has an effect on us. So going back, keep the inner child alive because there is so much innocence in childhood. So there's your, you know, fairly deep tangent on growing older, but not up. Now, the real question is, am I able to keep that inner child, you know, alive and vibrant and, you know, exploratory or whatever you want to say? Uh, no, it's not as easy as it seems. Um, being around my child helps, but no, it's actually a very hard thing. The, the negative influence that's out there in the world is, I, I'm, I, I find myself very easily affected by, and I try to push it away. I try not to get myself involved because it upsets me at such a deep level. I mean, sleepless nights upsets me because that's just the way I am. So I don't keep up on, you know, a lot of news things. When the news is on, I'm, I'm kind of there and not there at the same time, you know, experiencing the news, because it is so horrible a majority of the time. So it's, it's a tough thing. It's a real tough thing 
to make sure you keep the inner child alive. So now you ask yourself, well, how do you do it? Well, you do the things that keep you happy. You do the things that you enjoy, whatever those things may be. Again, within reason that works into your own personal life. You know, I mean, for example, some people really enjoy hunting and fishing. Well, depending upon where you live, there are certain seasons when you cannot hunt and fish. So you cannot do those things at those times. No matter how much you may want to, by law, you cannot do those things. I'm sure there are people that go and break the law because that's what people do. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying the law-abiding citizens, you know, you, between whatever dates it is, you are not allowed to do those things because of the law. Well, obviously, wait until you can do those things that make you happy, if that's the case, and then do them. Do them enough that you have a little bit of overlap to get you through that downtime when you can't do it. And, and so, you know, for me... It's hearing my child describe the world and explain things and, you know, his make-believe stuff that he's going through right now. And also, as I've mentioned a few times over the past number of episodes, the, uh, my, my engagement with live theater. I volunteer at a live theater here in uh, the city. And the, the enjoyment, the feedback, the, the applause, we'll say, is also something that really, you know, is a nice thing for me as well, which I can also loop into the podcast audience when you send me emails, when you, you know, uh, rate and review on iTunes or Stitcher, when you use the Amazon affiliate link, when you become a patron, all those things, you know, when you comment on something on the Facebook page, all those things make me feel so good, which is why I ask you guys to do it because I'm curious what you think, but also because that's one of the things that helps feed the positive energy for me, but that's me. Some people want to hide. Some people don't want the attention, and I totally understand that. It's part of the reason I don't use last names on my show. So now, really, how does this whole thing work into being a trans-related issue? Or trans, you know, how does my transgender part of my life, my gender queer, my gender fluidness fit into this growing older thought process of my life? Well, I think like most people, you look back on your life and wonder... Should I have done that thing X amount of years ago that I thought I should have done then, but I decided not to because of whatever reason, you know, I couldn't afford it. The timing was wrong. I couldn't move to go do it. Uh, you know, I, I had to work. It would, come on, the, the gambit's huge out there. But you, you, you follow what I'm saying. You know, whatever reason got in the way of you doing it. For me, it's looking back and saying in my early 20s, as I've said before in the show, You know, when I first had thoughts about transitioning, I didn't know it was called transitioning. It was just something I had thought about. You know, in my mind then, it was experiencing life as a girl. You know, going living as a crossdresser is the only way I saw it back then. So, you know, there's there's that whole thing of looking back in life and wondering what if. That's just part of life, I think. I think most people do that fairly regularly, or at least on maybe large birthday numbers. They look back and see their accomplishments and maybe their failures. So another thing leads me to, should I have done it the second time I had the feeling, which was in my, you know, early-ish, mid-30s? And, you know, and again, you know, maybe I should have. Uh, I mean, the first time in my 20s, the, the resources weren't there, the, the protection wasn't there, the goal was stealth at the time. I mean, not so much, but really it still was going stealth. Uh, really, the only work that anybody could do was adult film and print 
you know, that, that was one of the only options. Because, you know, soliciting yourself on the internet wasn't uh, as popular as it is now. So, you know, you had to get into some sort of, you know, production company or something. So those are the things that held me back, you know, the first time I thought about it. Now, the second time I thought about it, I had a lot of obligations going on. I was also experiencing uh, depression and loss because my ex of seven years had recently left me. And there was a good uh, six-month, seven-month period where I I wasn't sure what I wanted out of life. I mean, I thought about transition. I thought about a lot of different things. I thought about moving some different place. You know, there was a lot of different thoughts going on in my head. But I had certain obligations to certain people, uh, a job, and uh, (laughs) ironically looking back, you know, theater. I had an obligation to a theater. So I said, okay, let me just get through this, you know, these obligations that I had in the first, I think it was seven months after she left. And, and then I will figure out where I want to go. Well, <laughs> in that time period, that seven, six, seven months, not only did I complete obligations that I had, but I also met the woman who would later become my wife. So it, it kind of worked itself out that way. And that's kind of how I took it at the time. But ultimately, when I look back, I'm very grateful that I came out at the time that I did because where I am in my creativity allows me to do this podcast. You know, had I come out 10, 20 years ago, I I don't think I'd be able to do this podcast. I don't. I I don't even think. I mean, if I had done it 20 years ago, the odds, sadly, the odds are that I could possibly be dead by now. Because that was the odds of the time period. Like I said, it was, you know, one of the goals was still going stealth. And that's a lot of stress for some people. And I was one of those people. And that, I, so I didn't go that way. The next time the resources were kind of there, but they weren't there to the, to the need that I had. You know, and at that time, podcasts were still just becoming something. They, I mean, people had heard some, and most people hadn't even heard of them. And most of the ones that were out there were all technical things. They weren't, they weren't the talk radio sort of things that a lot of them are now. But I, ultimately, I am glad I came out when I did because the resources are there. I'm able to do this podcast. I have my family. I have my child. I, 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 I mean, anyone that's a parent can understand that. And I have my friends. I, 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 think, I think the timing was good for my friends. Because when I first, you know, first thought about it, I, I did, there was about a 48, 72-hour period when I said, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I need to do this. And I told, I think, about half a dozen people, close friends that are still close, and they didn't really know how to take it. They accepted it because they love me and who I am, but they didn't know how to take it. And... When I came out, uh, you know, the second time, which was, you know, in 2014, the reason for this whole show, they were able to take it better because the, the information was there. The knowledge was there. It was starting to become more common, it's more, dare I say, normal out there. So the timing for me, for me, is perfect. Uh, not saying that the, t- the other two times in my life would have been horrible, but the odds are that they would have not gone ha- uh, as, as good as this is going. That's what I'm trying to say right there. So growing older, but not up, keep the inner child alive, because that's 
really where, you know, the fun is in life. Then the other reference I said, another year older and another year deeper in debt, uh, that'll make sense over on the B side. So now let's hear from Tom Slayton. When you need a professional who specializes in writing, photography, or web design, contact Tom Slayton. At Tom's website, TomSlayton.com, you'll find brilliant WordPress themes, discounts and links for fantastic online services, and sage wisdom from the master himself, Tom Slayton. TomSlayton.com even features a wonderful eclectic collection of photographs seldom seen elsewhere. Visit TomSlayton.com. That's T-O-M-S-L-A-T-I-N.com. Ah, TomSlayton.com. Folks, go show Tom some love. He loves the show. We love him. Please share the love. Go check him out. Leave a comment on one of his many posts out there. Tell him what a great job he's doing. And tell him Charlie sent you. Now, this week, I'm going to talk about TomSlayton.com forward slash piece of the Berlin Wall. Go check it out. If you're able to pull it up while you're listening, go. Because it is... To me, an amazing piece of history. Because if you know your history about the Berlin Wall coming down, yes, I lived through that. I remember hearing about it. It was on the news for forever. The freedom that they now had at that moment in time, it was, it was a pretty intense thing. Uh, if you remember, if you, had, you were around at that time, you, you should remember that they were selling pieces of the Berlin Wall on television. Now it would be the internet, but they were selling pieces of it and on the black market because people wanted a piece of it. People that couldn't be there to go get a piece of it for themselves wanted a piece of it. So they were asking people, you know, will you sell your piece? It was kind of crazy at the time. But he has two pictures, could be of the same piece of the wall, uh, but two different pictures from two different angles at the bare minimum. They could be two separate rocks. And just the amount of, I mean, the detail in these, these shots, when you click on them and look at them in full scale, the detail is, is absolutely remarkable and amazing. I, 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 I mean, you, lo- you could be looking under a jeweler's loop at these, at these rocks, at these piece of the Berlin Wall, and you can see how there's shells and other rocks and, you know, some sort of cement that is binding this entire piece of, of history together. And like I said, he's got two of those pieces on his, on his page, and they are, to me, breathtaking. So go check out TomSlayton.com forward slash piece of the Berlin Wall and experience it for yourself. And again, tell him Charlie sent you. jokes so terrible they're actually funny I found this on tickled.com published June of 2015 this week number 11 you know, I went to buy some camouflage trousers the other day, but I couldn't find any. (laughs) 
Yes, 20 jokes so terrible they're actually funny. side. Yet, you know, folks, if you're just tuning in, if this is one of your first episodes you're listening to, I just recently renamed this segment of the show. It used to be called the secondary segment topic, secondary topic segment. It was something that I put in an outline when I got the show together. And I don't know, somewhere around episode 70, I said, you know, I need to have another name for this segment. And so I started asking people and I got a couple, you know, suggestions here and there. And then I asked again, and I got some more, and then I said, you know, I'm going to let the audience choose. So I put together a survey, and ultimately the audience chose over on the B-side. And I am so happy because I love that title. Thank you, audience. So this week over on the B-side, if you remember or if you heard episode 78, I, I talk about trying to get rid of this monstrosity of a backyard plant. And I have to report, as I said I would... I have to report that I have failed. Uh, Well, at this time, I have currently failed because the damn thing has grown again. And I've used uh, more bleach and more poison. And that's what I'm waiting on right now, actually. I'm waiting for the poison to take effect to see what happens because it is just, I can't believe it. The next step is getting an auger and taking the actual root system out of the ground. And therefore, I know it's no longer going to be alive. But that's uh, a lot of labor. And, uh, I mean, to rent one of those things is reasonable, but still needed for two two days, maybe. Just because I don't want to kill myself all in one day. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not something I'm really looking forward to. Or even hiring somebody to do it and not looking forward to. So... So as of right now, I, that's what I have to report. Uh, it, 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 it is not fully growing back, but it is growing back. And if I let it go, it could get into the monstrosity it once was. So there's a little recap on my gardening scenario there. And uh, I will probably update again in you know another future episode somewhere, only because I want to get rid of this damn thing. And for those of you playing along at home, you might want to root for me to get rid of the root for me. (laughs) Sorry, pun intended. You might want to root for me to get rid of this root. Another thing over on the B side I want to talk about is finding normalcy. Uh, This is actually something that somebody sent in uh, when I said on my own personal Facebook page, hey, is there anything anybody wants me to talk about? And uh, this person, who I'm not going to give away, Uh, asked me, you know, are there methods, tips, tricks, tactics of taking respite in the mundane side of life where the focus is not on whatever the daily challenge may be and allows you some freedom to just be or do or live? And it was a very profound topic. And I thought about trying to find a way to fit it into the main topic of the show but I couldn't find something to really sink my teeth into because it would just be, uh, there's not much to it for me. I mean, when you, when you ask about methods, tips, tricks, tactics of taking respite, well, for me, honestly, putting together this podcast is one of those things. I mean, obviously, when I record, I have to be alone and record, so I excuse myself from my family. I tuck myself away where it's a good sound quality or at least decent sound quality, and I record. And, and then in the time that I edit it together, 
yeah, I can, you know, be experiencing others in the same room with me and, you know, half listen to my editing and half listen to what's going on in the room. You know, I, I'm not saying I watch some television show, but I can kind of pay attention to some conversations, side conversations going on that I might be able to interject as I hit the pause button and the cut and, the, you know, all the editing stuff that I do. So the, really for me, this show is what offers that. As far as, you know, whatever the daily challenge may be, uh, also this show is that. Because as, I, as I've said so many times before, I've put myself on a, on a schedule to keep new episodes coming and published every Friday. And I think I've only missed it maybe two or three times since I started. And I'm very proud of that. As for being on episode 97, I'm very proud of that. And I, and I hope the audience, I mean, I've gotten some feedback that they, you know, people look forward to having a new episode every Friday. And I know what that means. You know, you're looking forward to, to seeing what the next thing is, whatever I have to talk about, whatever I have to share. I get that because there are shows that I do like that as well. Unfortunately, I don't get a chance to listen as frequently as I would like. As far as the freedoms to just be, do, and live, you know, the relaxation of life, the meditation of life, sadly, I do not get enough time for that. And that's mostly because of, you know, being a stay-at-home parent and doing other things in life, such as the theater that I volunteer at, this podcast that I set and put time together to, to put together, you know, make sure it's out there every week. You know, plus whatever time I can spend with my wife, you know, or family time, as some may call it. You know, there, there is a, a good sense of juggling to make sure that all things happen and meet. And that in itself can be stressful, even though part of it is the joy of putting this show together. It's, it's a conundrum. It truly is. Um, I really, truly would love to be able to get away probably on just one overnight, maybe two overnights, somewhere, you know, camping preferred out in nature, that sort of aspect. I would love to have a day or two to go do that and commune with nature, as some people may call it. Haven't had a chance to do that in many, many years, but I don't foresee that happening for, at least another handful of years because of, you know, where we are in our lives. So that's something to look forward to. And I think it's an individual process to make sure that you have the self-care that this is. You know, because I, I, I say finding normalcy in the very beginning of this section here, because that's what it would be for the individual. The individual would be experiencing life normally, day to day, doing the mundane things, doing the things that bring you joy, doing the things that you have to do even though you don't want to, doing the things you want to do even though you don't have the time for them, you know, those things. That's, to the individual, normalcy. That's their normal. So as far as suggesting tips and tricks and suggestions is how to have someone else reach normal or reach normalcy or find balance, that's so up to the individual. That's something that each individual needs to look deep inside themselves, some with the help of therapists or close friends or family, depending on your unique situation, to discover within themselves what gives them that feeling of peace and normalcy and love of life, balance of life. 
that's an individual thing. Everybody needs to find that on their own. And I think that's one of the great things of life. That's the part of the journey of life is trying to find that normalcy and, and be at peace with yourself and the rest of the world. So to my dear friend, and I hope you recognize your question or you know thought that you wanted me to comment on. Dear friend, I hope you heard that. If not, it was a wonderful thing to share with everyone else. I thank you for asking it. Now, the long-awaited connection to the title of the episode. <laughs> Growing older but not up. As I said at the beginning of the show, it's one of my favorite Jimmy Buffett songs. And it's, it's about that childlike innocence. It's about that don't lose your imagination philosophy. So the song comes from Jimmy's album, Coconut Telegraph, which was released in February of 1981. And I heard it somewhere from my sisters, or I eventually bought the album and heard it. I mean, there's so many ways that Jimmy Buffett has crept into my life and my world. So now, enjoy Growing Older But Not Up. Position. Crack with my leg like the shell of an egg. Someone call a decent physician. Stay clear of the humdrum so near It cuts pop scars deep in his shoulder But that's how it goes Right to the end Though his body's quite flexible That barnacle brain don't bend. I'm growing older but not up My metabolic rate
All right, another song I'd like to share with you is the alternate title I could have called this episode, Another Day Older and Deeper in Debt, and that comes from the song 16 Tons. And it's been recorded by a couple different people. The most popular version was recorded by Tennessee Ernie Ford in 1955, and it reached number one on the Billboard charts, and it was originally released in 1946 with Merle Travis as the main singer, and that actual that recording actually went to become a gold record in July of 47. And ultimately, the song is about working for the man. <laughs> you know, you work and you stay in debt. And it is so true of uh, some of the things that happen to, to the American dream. You know, I'm going to throw that out there. And it, it is it is a sadder song when you take it apart. But the thing that I like is just the the counterpoint and the 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 essence of the base of the song. So here is from 1955, Tennessee Ernie Ford with 16 Ton. 'Cause people say a man is made out of mud. A poor man's made out of muscle and blood. Muscle and blood and skin and bones. A mind that's weak and a back that's strong. You load 16 tons. What do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. I was born one morning when the sun didn't shine. I picked up my shovel and I walked to the mine I loaded 16 tons A number nine coal And the straw boss said Well, to bless my soul You load 16 tons What do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt St. Peter, don't you call me Cause I can't go I owe my soul to the company store I was born one morning, it was drizzling rain Fighting and trouble are my middle name I was raised in the cane break by an old mama line Can't no high-toned woman make me walk the line You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go I owe my soul to the company store If you see me coming, better step aside A lot of men didn't, a lot of men died One fist of iron, the other of steel If the right one don't get you, then the left one will You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go I To the company store. 
Okay, here we are. Listener feedback. Listener feedback. I am so excited for listener feedback because, well, it's as I said earlier, it is one of my favorite spots on the show. I enjoy it because I love hearing from you folks. Hearing what you have to say about the show, whether you enjoyed a certain spot or it reached home to you or you enjoy my sense of humor or whatever the case may be. It is so nice to hear from you folks, knowing that you're enjoying the show as much as I'm enjoying the sh- putting the show together. Now, this comes from one of the very first guests I had on the show. I don't have their episodes in front of me, but it was very, very long ago. It was George and Jess from Transpantastic. This comes from Jess, and it's an actually reference to episode 92 regarding the uh, you know secret handshake that trans folk you know, may or should develop just so we could you know, signal each other and say, hey, I'm trans too, how you doing? And she has to say, from Transition Transmission, which is another podcast, transgender podcast that I listen to, uh, that she goes on and says that they suggested some months back, so I haven't had a chance to hear it yet, uh, saying the line to somebody, do you like to picnic in the park? And the appropriate response to tell the other person that you are trans is, under the gazebo. And that was from Jess from Transpantastic. Uh, Jess, thank you again so much for sharing that with me because, as you know, I'm a horrible podcast listener because I am a pretty good podcast producer, host, etc. because I make sure I get my shows out on time. And I do like Transition Transmission. It was one of the first podcasts, transgender podcasts, I started to listen to. And uh, for longtime listeners, you know my listening habits. I listen in order that they're released because uh, it's like a television show. You know, you don't jump around the season. You kind of watch it sequentially. Well, that's the way I feel about my podcasts. And I've kind of shot myself in the foot in that I follow about 33 or so podcasts. So trying to find the time when I can listen to it and listen to it with heart not just half listen to it to kind of get the gist of it. Uh, Don't get me wrong, there are certain shows that I do listen to because it is that sort of fodder, and I enjoy it for that. But a lot of the the time, a lot of the shows, I want to hear what they're saying. So I, I focus on what's being said. So you're right, Jess. I never would have gotten to that episode in time to respond to episode 92. So thank you for sharing that. So folks, if you're trans, according to the Transition Transmission, walk up to people you think are trans and say... Do you like to picnic in the park? And if they respond with, under the gazebo, you know they're trans. Wow, have we reached the end already? That was a quick episode. I didn't expect it to go by that fast. I thought I'd have uh, more to say. Wow. Well, you know, let's face it, folks. The last couple episodes, I was a little bit long-winded and went on a few tangents. So to curl it back and reel it back a little bit for this particular episode, I don't feel so bad. Because, you know, I ramble on so much so many times. (laughs) Because look at me now. Here I am rambling. So next episode. Next episode, I'm going to call Why So Sensitive? And I'm going to leave that there till next week. We'll find out what I'm talking about then. As I always say, I'm always looking for guests. I'm always looking for topics. Send them my way. Changes in Latitudes podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to visit changes in Latitudes podcast.blogspot.com and click on our Amazon link and do all your Amazon shopping. Why? Because pennies on the dollar come back to help out the show. That's why you do that. And then I say thank you. And as Jimmy Buffett says, 
If I couldn't laugh, I just would go insane. If we couldn't laugh, we just would go insane. If we weren't all crazy, we would go insane. So stay crazy, everyone. Take care of yourself. Then take care of somebody else. And I'll see you next week. You've been listening to Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I'd love to hear from you. So let me know what you think or what you'd like to hear about by emailing me at changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com or by leaving a comment on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast or at the website changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher and please leave us reviews and star ratings. Now wait for it. Here it comes. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. I am not a doctor nor a lawyer, and I certainly do not pretend to be one. I am a trans woman who began her transition later in life. I am here to discuss my life, so I take no responsibility for your decisions based on my personal thoughts and experiences. If you are thinking about transition or are questioning your gender identity, First, please know that you are not alone in your thoughts and questions. Second, please seek the advice of a qualified gender therapist or at the very least a local support group. If you're having difficulty finding a qualified professional in your area, I suggest reaching out to the closest LGBT center near you. And lastly, please remember, always question the source when researching information on the internet. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permission from the host. Copyright 2016 by me, Charlie Sabrina Miller. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening, and please remember this...